Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. and bad decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Podbean.com. That's right. This is the Tyler Morgan Show. Not so live on Podbean.com tonight. Uh, I'm Recording this as a standalone episode, I had the amazing opportunity earlier this evening to talk with someone who has become a dear friend of the show, Mr. John Androsic of Five for Fighting. Uh, he was on a few months ago. We talked about the show or the song Blood on My Hands. And that's kind of gone a little crazy over on YouTube. It started blowing up. He made a video. YouTube got a little crazy with it. And then he's also started some other projects. I'm more than happy to share this conversation with you. But first, I would like to share with you coffee. In fact, I want to share the finest coffee from out of Iowa, American Pride Roasters. This week, I'm looking at um a blend I haven't talked about before. I haven't tried, and it's piqued my curiosity. That is the George Whitefield Blend. Experience your own great awakening with this bold coffee from Ethiopia, which has a charismatic and complex full-city roasted taste to match that of its namesake, George Whitefield. Whitefield was America's first and perhaps greatest evangelist, and his message of a personal relationship with Christ, heard by over 80% of American colonists, ignited their hearts and helped lay the foundation of American independence. A cup of Whitefield will energize you to heed his advice and press forward do not stop, do not linger in your journey, but strive for the mark set before you. And the mark that has been set with the amazing coffees at American Pride Roasters, I will probably never buy off the shelf again. This is some of the best coffee I've ever had. So go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com, and there, once you are checking out, when you get to the special instructions, tell them that you heard about it from the Tyler Morgan Show. That way they know you like this silly show. American Pride Roasters, historically great coffee. All right, so before we get into the interview with John, I'm just going to lay out all the stuff I normally do at the end of the show. That way it's fresh and it's there. And, you know, yeah, you don't have to stick around. When the interview's over, you can go. But so this show is completely funded by you, the listeners. Yes, I do have APR Coffee. I do have a couple other things that advertise for. But really, the show is run by you. If you want to support this show financially, you can buy me a cup of coffee over at 
coffee.com. That is ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show. Go there, you can give three bucks for a cup of coffee. You can set up a monthly uh, recurring payment, whatever the case may be. Or if you want to, you know, kind of skip a middleman, if you go to relentlessdaring.com, at the top of the page, you will see that uh, donate button. It'll take you straight to PayPal, which, you know, the coffee uses PayPal as well. Just saying. But goes either way. Use either of those methods, and you can help support the show. And all the money that comes from, you know, whether you shop, you know, you buy Keto Chow, you buy Built Bars, whatever, that money all comes back into the show to make it better for you. So, again, thank you for supporting the show. Um, if you like this show, please go over to uh, Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. At. If they have a place to rate and review the show, please do it. You know, but first of all, number one, you got to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. After that, leave a five-star rating. I'll accept four. Three, unless we need to have a talk. Um, you're not holding up your end of the bargain. But after you rate the show, please write a nice review. Tell people why you like the show. Say something I can use against you in the future, like calling me a wannabe Alex Jones. It's always a great one. I love that guy. And finally, please share this episode. I mean, this is a big episode because, you know, John has really started doing so much for veterans, so much for our allies that got left behind in Afghanistan. I want to get his message out there. So please, please, please share this episode. Let your friends know about it. And just remember, as always, stay relentless. And I am happy to have back on the show, Mr. John Androsik. He was here a few months ago. We talked about his song, Blood on My Hands. And that song is kind of taking its own course with YouTube. And then John's got some other projects going that I am excited to have him talk about. John, welcome back to the show. Tyler, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Um. So... They said the last time you're here, we we talked about blood on my hands and the absolute atrocious way we left Afghanistan. And yeah, you know, the original video you put out, it was just it was just the lyrics, the the full studio version of the song that you can get on iTunes or wherever you buy your music. And then you went on, you did an acoustic video at the White House, yes. I did. Yeah. After the, uh, the song came out, I got so many, uh, emails and heard from so many veterans that I thought that I should make, uh, kind of a documentary video for Afghanistan. Um, I had become embedded with some of the evacuation orgs like project Exodus relief task force pineapple. And I was so inspired to see what they were doing every day, you know, keeping the promise, I thought it important that at least there was one artistic statement documenting with images and music the debacle that is Afghanistan um, and hopefully keep Afghanistan in the spotlight a little bit, uh, remind our veterans that we haven't forgot about their brothers and sisters in Afghanistan and uh, took a couple months 
was not fun making it. Used a lot of atrocity uh, images because that's what's happening. I, uh, as you mentioned, I shot a version of me singing the song in front of the White House on an off day on my tour last year. And I ended it with the words of former Vice President Saleh because I wanted an Afghan to have the last word. So, uh, yeah, put that out. And, uh, yeah, it's certainly uh, after we put it out, certainly uh, caused a little bit of chaos. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is that how bad everything has been over there that people really need to see what happened because, you know, all the talk about world war two and how bad the Holocaust was, no one really understood the scope of it until they saw the ovens at Auschwitz. So they saw the prisoners in, you know, wasting away that that's when it sank in. And for YouTube, because they ended up pulling the video, and you said originally when you published it, you put a graphic content warning on it, didn't you? And so did YouTube. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they, when they first vetted it, they put a child restriction warning on it, right? which I, appreci I appreciate it. Uh, I think that's appropriate. It's similar to the same uh, warning I put on it. Um, and but then 10 days later, only when it was resonating in the culture, did they take it down for graphic uh, images that they'd already vetted. So, you know, and of, of course, Tyler, I Googled quickly, you know, YouTube Taliban atrocities, and there were a dozen other videos with images much worse than mine. Right. Not only that they were, not only that they were still on their platform, but they were monetizing. So I think, uh, I think it was pretty evident that, uh, that they made a mistake, as they said, and you know, nine nine hours later, after a, a huge outcry, they put it back. But uh, you know, it, it it's just another example of uh, big tech censoring views they don't like. Yeah, and we we we're seeing it all the time. Um, you know, even outside of Afghanistan, you know, Japan has study come out about COVID and ivermectin. And within hours of publishing the original headline of that, it's effective again, ivermectin's effective. They went back and re-edited the headlines. It has antiviral effects. It's like, okay, I see what your new speak is saying here. And it, it's sad that, you know, so many people are getting cut off from all these viewpoints, whether it's COVID, whether it's what happened in Afghanistan, you know, the military is now starting to, or well, the Navy's already been doing it. Air force Marines have already been doing it. Army announced today. They're going to start kicking out soldiers that aren't vaccinated for COVID, even though the active duty force is 96% vaccinated. So we're going to kick out 4% because it hurts the immunity of, Everyone else, I mean, it's, I, I'm watching what's happening with our military and just get gutted. And that hurts, especially after what we watched in Afghanistan, what's starting to, you know, all the saber rattling going on in Russia and Ukraine. It's, it's scary. No, you're right. Uh, you know, one reason I, I wrote the song was when we, evacuated and the, the president called it an extraordinary success 
uh, General Austin and General Milley came out and parroted that narrative just a month ago. You'll see in my video, there's a question from Brett Baer, Brett Baer to General Austin at the Reagan Library, um, where he asked him about regrets from Afghanistan. And he mentioned, of course, our 13 soldiers who were killed, the drone strike. And then he went right into the, like, what a great airlift we had. He didn't mention anything about the mass starvation of hundreds of thousands of people, of parents ch selling their children for food, the fact that the PTSD of veterans like you, uh, the suicide hotline went crazy, uh, the fact that um, lesbian and gays are being beheaded, uh, the fact that women are back down to back to the fifth century. So, you know, the fact that they're still parroting this Orwellian narrative, it's no surprise. I mean, if you're Putin, if you're Xi, and you're looking for a window to move into the Ukraine, move on Taiwan, um, and you have a president and military leaders who abandon their citizens to the Taliban and say, hey, we did a great job, of course you're going to move now. Why wouldn't you move now? Um, and I think you're, you're, you'll see after the Olympics, you know, uh, Ukraine, uh, Putin going to Ukraine and China going to Taiwan. And I think that directly goes back to Afghanistan. So uh, it's not just this humanitarian crisis. It's not just this moral crisis. It's a national security crisis that we're watching play out in front of our eyeballs. And a lot of people don't want to look at that. They, they want to keep their either keep on blinders and not see what's there, or they look at what's there and, you know, they put on rose colored glasses and, Oh, well, you know, here's all the, but here's the good stuff, blah, 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 blah. And they, they just look past everything. Um, I have a friend on Twitter who she is incredibly invested in all the resistance efforts that are still ongoing in Afghanistan. And it's amazing the stuff that she tweets out and, you know, presumably Americans are, Oh, that's just propaganda, blah, 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 blah. It's like, um, no, I mean, there's the, uh, you know, female Afghan jailer, you know, who was pregnant, who was, I'm not going, I'm not going to describe what happened to her, but I saw pictures and I heard a very detailed uh, or read a very detailed retelling of what happened. And it's just absolutely gruesome. And people are like, Oh, I looked into it and it was a family dispute. Um, uh, I've been to Afghanistan. I've seen family disputes. They've never ended up that graphically disgusting and her tragic. No, you're right. You know, I'm on a signal chain called atrocities and every day these come across our desk and you almost get numb to them. It's, it's really sad. Um, but I think, you know, look beyond, be on Twitter, look beyond, you know, that kind of, that kind of platform. Just look at the media. Oh yeah. They, you know, they don't the care. The media claims they get on their soapbox. They tell us, how uh, our moral betters, how racist we are, how sexist we are, how transphobic we are. And you have all these mostly veteran organizations rescuing all these people they, they claim to care about. And I think, you know, Vice President Sala at the end of my video said something I think is very telling. He said that Afghanistan is like a mirror to America. It's showing us who we are. 
And I really think it's showing us that we're pretty damn hypocritical society, especially of our, our pundits, our media, our politicians who like to lecture us, our moral betters that claim to care about women's rights when we're seeing the greatest women's rights decimation in a generation that we caused, that care about human rights when you have this massive humanitarian capacity, uh, you know, catastrophe. Um, so I think I think it's a, it's an awakening for us to to see um, that hey, uh, if we want to do something and we want to do something right, we can't rely on our politicians, we can't rely on our pundits to tell us what's going on. We just have to do it, and that's the you know that's the one bright light in this whole debacle of these people that are just keeping the promise. They're saying, you know what? I don't care, State Department, that you're throwing up roadblocks every second. I don't care that I have no money. Uh, I don't care. I'm going to go rescue these people and keep the American promise. And they're going to still be here. You're going to still be here when this administration has gone. And history will hold President Biden, uh, General Milley, General Austin, Secretary Blinken accountable. And it won't be pretty. Um, so I do have, you know, in a way, uh, a certain hope for for the nation. I saw a poll the other day that 72% of Americans uh, believe that interpreters, people that helped us in Afghanistan, should be evacuated and uh, settled either here or elsewhere in the world and not be abandoned to the Taliban. So I think America, for the most part, is in the right place. But our media is a disaster, um, and our politicians are just one walking disgrace after another. Right. And one day, and like you said, history is going to remember Biden, Blinken, and Milley, and Austin, and the whole lot of them for, you know, the cowardice that they exhibited because that's, that's the only, only way you can call. It's the only thing you can call watching in real time what's going on, but failing to act. And, and I yeah. get it. They, they had military objectives that they were trying to achieve. If you want to call it that. And, but at the same time, there, there was a way they could have done it and they could have, they could have altered course to been able to say, okay, we're going to work and try and get as many of these Afghan, you know, SIVs out, you know, American citizens who were over here for whatever reason. Yeah. Because there were people who were over there that weren't diplomatic missions. They, they were just civilians in Afghanistan for you know, whatever reasons. Because they had they family over there, what have you. But we're going to do everything we can to get these people out and just you know hold the line till we can. But they, just, nope, we're gone. You're on your own. I mean it, 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 it felt like watching Blazing Saddles when, you know, the sheriff gets to town and the preacher you know has the Bible shot out of his hand. You're on your own, kid. <laughs> I mean, it was awful. Yeah, it's uh, and it's still going on. It's surreal. I think, you know, one thing, the only thing that may be worse than the actual withdrawal that you mentioned is the fact that now that we've even had time to, like, absorb it and maybe catch a breath, the State Department's still telling interpreters, people that we promise to protect, yeah, maybe we'll get to you uh, in two years or three years if any of you are left. Um, so that kind of uh, that kind of proactive, considered um, 
strategy, again, a political one, because they don't just, they don't want Afghanistan in the news. They don't want anything in Afghanistan mentioned anywhere. That is, that is even more shameful than the withdrawal. Um, yes, you're right. We could have, we could have reenacted Bagram. We could have extended the deadline. We could have told the Taliban that we're not going to kiss your ring and that until we get everybody out, um, we know where your family is. Um, so we could have done all those things. Um, and the fact that nobody was fired, zero, you know, you know, that, that, uh, uh, in, in state or at DOD or, uh, any of the investigator, sorry, investigation, uh, platforms that told us that it was going to take six months for, for the Taliban to take Kabul and they took it in four days. Uh, that just shows you again that we're dealing with a very um, politically driven uh, White House that has little consideration for reality, and uh, that is so dangerous. Uh, uh, I just, I just, I just fear for the next next year. I think Afghanistan will only get worse if it ever gets better. Right, and so looking forward, away from everything that's been going on. Uh, you were doing all the, these interviews with guys who were, uh, like I said, Task Force Pineapple and groups like that. Um, How did you get hooked up with those guys and start, you know, getting interviews? Yeah, you know, after the uh, after the song came out, I started getting emails from people trapped, and I didn't know what to do. So I started calling people I knew that were kind of organizing some of the evacuations. Uh, the reason Mike Walsh is the first interview for Meet the Heroes is we had two elderly American citizens trapped on the Tajikistan border. They couldn't get across. They'd been there for almost a day and a half, uh, and nobody was helping them. And Congressman Walsh's office helped us get them out, which led me to meet the pineapple folks in the Exodus. And they said, hey, come on our Zoom calls. And I started trying to help them get their stories out, you know. They need to raise money. You can't raise money if nobody knows who you are. So that's kind of how that happened. And I was just so inspired to to be on those calls and watch them in action. And and this whole Meet the Heroes thing is exactly that. It's about let America meet these people who are keeping the promise. You walk by them, kind of like after 9-11, you know, we think we, think we know who heroes are, but um, we walk by people every day that we never know would run into a building like like the firefighters did in 9-11 and these uh these heroic afghan evacuation outfits some of them go down there they go down they they kick down doors they rescue people and they bring them home i mean it's it's incredible so this this show or this video series is just to shine a light on them let people meet them see why they do it what makes them tick what's the state of the game um and uh and I think, you know, I think it should give us a lot of pride. So much of Afghanistan is just depressing. This is the one aspect that should give us some pride about who we are and, and about people that are doing the right thing. Right. And honestly, one of the people I would love to talk to from all from all of this is uh, Chad Robichaud. He's retired Marine First Sergeant, I believe. And he has an organization called Mighty Oaks. and from its inception, he has been an absolute blessing to so many veterans because you know, early on with, 
Iraq and Afghanistan, as veterans would get out, there wasn't a whole lot of support for mental health yeah. and for spiritual health and to find ways to heal. And he founded Mighty Oaks as a way to, you know, bring in soldiers, Marines, airmen, whoever, bring in their families and to help start that healing process because you know, not everyone can figure out how to do it. And so when all of this started kicking off in Afghanistan, he was one of the first ones over there. He's like, no, there's still a mission, you know? Yeah. And then, like I said, the last time we talked, uh, when I first saw pictures of Nick Palmagiano and Tim Kennedy standing in yeah. a desert and going, Hey, they're not in the States. I mean, <laughs> you know, these guys are just absolutely awesome. And, so brave for you know you know strapping strapping their boots back on and going over into a hostile situation and doing all of this work i i wish i had the resources and the capabilities i would have been right there with them no it's it's incredible there's so many and i'm actually working with nick and save our allies um on a on a concert for for Afghan veterans and allies and, and the folks who are doing the evacs. Um, there's so many that are just incredibly, Sarah Verado, who runs the Independence Fund, um, Scott Mann, who basically wrote a play about Afghanistan uh, that, that, you know, that I think every Afghan veteran would be cathartic to watch. Um, part of the proceeds of, of my song and all these efforts are going to the Gary Sinise Foundation. Mm -hmm for mental wellness for veterans. Just talked to Gary today. He'll probably be part of this concert that we're doing. So he's a great so bass player, gonna... by the way. He's a decent bass player. <laughs> uh, I saw him in concert on Fort Leonard Wood. I thought he did a really good job. <laughs> uh, I always tease him about bass playing. I tell him he's a better bass player than an actor. And he looks at me like, oh, um, yeah. Um, but he, uh, you know, we have, we have more projects. We're just beginning on this thing. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to throw in the towel on Afghanistan. It's too important. There's too many people there. We, we need to get out. We need to have closure as a nation, which means accountability. And the good news is there's a lot of folks on the Hill who get that. And it's not just Republicans. It's Democrats. Joni Ernst has been a great ally of mine. Senator Tillis has done amazing work. Um, Senator Blumenthal, uh, Shaheen. They're on it. They understand that this is something that we can't just sweep under the rug. So uh, I do think there's things to be encouraged about. C certainly Congressman Mike Waltz and many veterans. Yeah, Seth, Seth, Moulton. Yeah. Seth Moulton. Seth uh, Moulton, Jason Crow, Democrats. Those, the veterans, you know, there's a big effort uh, that Congressman Waltz is doing to elect veterans this cycle. And I'm actually helping with that. So if any veterans are listening to this podcast who are running for Congress, um, if you need someone to sing at your fundraiser, you know, a guy, uh, so, you know, the more veterans we can get in Congress, I think we have a much more sane and healthy dynamic politically, because as you know, um, you know, when you fight next to somebody in a foxhole, you don't care if they're a Democrat or a Republican. And I think that dynamic translates to many veterans in Congress who certainly they're political and they, they have their views but they can talk to each other with the respect I think we need in Congress that we haven't had in a long time. Right. And with also with all the military stuff that's, you know, saber rattling going on with foreign powers. Yeah. There, there's a lot of 
a lot of war hot going on on both sides. And yeah. um, I honestly think, you know, veterans who have served in Iraq and Afghanistan serving in Congress, I think they will be a, they will be a pretty hard check against rushing into a war because, you know, it, it's easy for someone who's never fought to vote to send someone to someone else to die. But yeah. if, you know, someone like me is up there going, well, I'm not opposed to war. But let's make sure that it's it's the absolute last necessity. No, and I think I think you're right. I think they they don't come at it from a political viewpoint, um, and I think that's important. Uh, certainly, there's 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 arguments on both sides. Deterrence. I think when you know uh, that that you're you know when when you have a, a administration that again will leave citizens to the Taliban. There's probably there's not much deterrence there, uh, which actually makes war more likely. So uh, I hope I hope that many vet- veterans decide to run. I, I know so many are angry and upset, and you know people say, well, what can I do? What can I do? Well, there are things you can do. You can donate money. You can volunteer. You can join one of these orgs. You can run for office, and it doesn't have to be national office. It could be local. It could be in your city. It could be your PTA. Um, I think people are realizing that, look, things are pretty serious now. There's a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of stuff going on that doesn't feel like America, uh, doesn't feel like honor, doesn't feel like common sense, and that maybe uh, we should stand up and and speak our views and not be afraid of being called names. Um, and uh, I think it's too important. We have to have a conversation in this country. Uh, one side wants to stifle that conversation. But I do think there's more of us than them, but they are louder. And I think people of good conscience from both sides of the aisle, whatever your political uh, viewpoints, need to understand and step up and say, look, we need to have conversations. We may not agree on everything, but I think we have the same goals at the end. And I think we're starting to see that happen. But I think Afghanistan was one big uh, tipping point for that um, for that dynamic. And uh, I don't think the administration, frankly, will ever recover from it. I don't think so either. And it's sad because usually what a sitting administration has going for it is, you know, how well did it treat the military while they were in power? (laughs) Well, because, you know, I knew, I knew lots of guys when I was in the army or when I was active duty, they, you know, they voted for Barack Obama in 2008 and frankly, he didn't do a whole lot that a lot of veteran, a lot of people who were lean Democrat while they're in the service, he didn't do a lot of stuff to upset them. So they had no issue voting for him again in 2012, uh, 2011. I was in Afghanistan and they repealed don't ask, don't tell. I, I, there are a lot of soldiers who are like, this is dumb. Why are we repealing this? I'm like, why should you get kicked out just because of who you sleep with? I mean, that's. Yeah. That that's a Bill Clinton era, uh, you know. We're going to protect you, but we're still going to leave the military's right to discriminate against you in. <laughs> because well, don't ask, don't tell. You no, know, they couldn't ask you if you were gay. You didn't have to tell them if you were gay. But if you were seen at a gay club with the boyfriend, your girlfriend, whoever it was, and you know, obviously engaging in homosexual activity with that person. 
Oh, you're busted. You're out. Or if you admitted to being gay, they could still kick you out. It was, it was a horrible policy. You know? Yeah. And I've, I've deployed with gay people. It, it doesn't matter when you're, when you're in the foxhole getting shot at, it doesn't matter who their, who their choice of partner is. They're there shooting it back with you. That's the important thing. And that people made such a big deal out of it for so long. I mean, I kind of understand, not really, but, you know, so Barack Obama, he did stuff that, you know, they said Democrats in the military really appreciated. They had no issue voting for him. Now you have Democrats who are in the military going, wait, you're, you're kicking soldiers out because they didn't do X, Y, and Z. You're, you did, you did what with Afghanistan? And they see it and they go, they're not going to vote for a commander in chief who's going to leave their brothers and sisters, you know, out to, you know, out in the pasture. No, some of the, some of the soldiers who speak in my video are, um, Democrats and very liberal Democrats, but they, uh, they say exactly what you say, you know, something, you know, somebody said something the other day, one of the, one of the, one of the soldiers in the, in the video that Afghanistan doesn't transcend politics, but it transcends partisanship, which I think he's right. I don't think anybody of a right mind can look at Afghanistan and say, good job. And uh, we did the right thing. And it couldn't have been anybody unless you're just, you know, there's, there's a certain segment of our country on both sides that is so brain locked into their tribalism that they just believe every talking point. Oh yeah. But I think if you're a veteran, if you're a veteran, you cannot look at Afghanistan and, and say, um, and, and feel anything but frustration, disgust, uh, and anger. And I think, I think you're right. I think, I think, you know, I don't, I don't know how big a, a needle it's going to move. But you're right. I, I can't see anybody, especially when there was zero accountability. Uh, I can't see many veterans voting for this administration. But who, you know, again, there's a long way to go to 2024. Right. But, um, and at know, the but, uh, but, and at the same time, you know, out political outrage tends to be um, a temporary thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there there are liberal veterans who are very angry about Afghanistan now. Just like um, after Parkland, the shooting in Florida, there are a lot of Republicans who are very mad at Donald Trump when he said, started talking about red flag laws and uh, take the guns now, due process later. A lot of Republicans got really pissed off about that. And I but you know, 2020, well, I'm still going to vote for Donald Trump, even though, you know, it is it going to be a big enough marker to move the needle on liberal veterans, you know, come 2024? Because again, political outrage has tendency to, you know, boil for a while and then it just kind of flattens out. No, you're right. You know. I We'll have to wait and see. I think, um, again, I think Afghanistan is different than other issues. But, yes, time goes by. Other issues come. Um, I, I definitely do think that shame will never go away, especially if there's there's no accountability. And also, of course, it'll depend a lot on who's running on the Republican side. 
um, and if that's somebody they can tolerate, you know, it seems these days we don't vote for somebody, we vote against somebody. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm hoping, personally, I'm hoping that President Trump does not run again. Because yeah, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. He has, he has done so much to destroy his own credibility with Republicans. And that now him running is going to be an even bigger sideshow than what it was in 2015, 2016. And I don't get me wrong. There's, there's part of that Republican uh, conservative populist movement that's still going to flock to Donald Trump. But how many of those people are going to, you know, look at someone else and go, you know, he has a lot of the same policies as Donald Trump. They follow the same line, but they don't have the toxicity that Donald Trump will be bringing with him with, because he, Democrats are going to hold the two impeachments over his head. They're going to hold X, Y, and Z over his head. And it's just like, if Donald Trump runs, I think he's going to be shooting himself in the foot and shooting Republicans in the foot, you know, come the general election. Well, again, I, I'm always wrong on politics, but, you know, uh, but I think the person, uh, especially if, if, if President Biden's presidency continues to crater, I think the only person that could probably lose to him is a Donald Trump. Right. Because then Biden's, Biden's failure doesn't matter. There's so many. It was the same as Hillary. There were so many people that would not vote for Hillary Clinton, no matter what, because they were just disgusted with her. Uh, they didn't care who else was running. Um, and Donald Trump won because of that. And then I think in the last election, um, there were so many people that wanted anybody besides Donald Trump uh, that President Biden won a very close election. Uh, I think if President Trump runs again, there will be that same dynamic. And he could win by a little bit, but he could also lose. Where I think uh, a Republican that didn't have, as you said, his toxicity uh, would probably uh, – probably probably win fairly easily but again we're so far away who knows what's going to happen um i'm focused on afghanistan i'm focused on our veterans i'm focused on introducing people to these people uh doing the heroic work and uh and just kind of standing up for america you know um and not being afraid to write a song or or have a conversation and i'll, I'll continue to do that all right john it has been great talking to you again i mean Thank you so much for your time coming back on the show. It has been great. And I look forward to seeing to watching the Meet the Heroes videos and sharing them as they're coming out. Again, thank you so very much for everything you're doing for veterans and what you're continuing to do for our allies in Afghanistan. Tyler, always a pleasure. Thank you for your service. I see some good bottles up there. <laughs> Cheers to you. One day I look forward to drinking one of them with you. <laughs> oh, amen. If you you ever find yourself you know, on tour in Springfield or St. Louis, I will go out of my way to be there. <laughs> well, keep your eye on the website. We might have something for you this summer. <laughs> All right. Be watching. All right, buddy. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. bye. The Tyler Morgan show is a relentless daring media production. The Tyler Morgan show is supported by its listeners to support the show. Go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan show to donate there or RelentlessDaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. 
All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from PurplePlanet.com. Link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1.7 